Welcome to The Productivity Show, the Asian efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, attention, energy, and focus. In this episode, I'm joined by Rudy Marsh, the founder of The Essington Company and creator of The Essington Glass, a beautiful Pomodoro timer that you can use to help you overcome procrastination and take action on your goals. Rudy grew up in a multi-ethnic family in North Texas and studied physics at the University of Texas at Dallas. And he joins us today to talk about how he created the Essington Glass to help him in his own battle with procrastination. And he shares why he created the Essington Method to help make the Pomodoro Method stick in his own life. In 2014, he introduced the Essington Glass that the Essington Method is based on to the world on Kickstarter, raising nearly $200,000 and being backed by over 2,200 people. He shares some of the lessons that he's learned from launching a successful Kickstarter campaign and why I personally believe the Essington Timer is really Pomodoro 2.0. You can find links to everything we discuss in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 188. And now, on with the show. Rudy Marsh, welcome to The Productivity Show. Thanks, it's great to be here. Awesome. So for those of you who, or for, for people who aren't familiar with you, do you mind giving just a brief introduction about who you are and what you do? Sure. Three years ago, I created a Kickstarter called the Essington Glass. It's basically uh, a little bit of a, a tweak on the Pomodoro method where you uh, set a timer for, for 25 minutes at a time. It uh, has a few uh, differences we can talk about later, but uh, that, that was about three years ago. And since uh, we've taken it to different different wholesaling and retail channels, and uh, it, it's take, kind of taken off on its own. So uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to talk more about it. The Essington method, which is uh, which is similar to the Pomodoro method, is uh, is what we introduce with that, and it really it really helped me personally. And and I was hoping that uh, with the Kickstarter, it would get some traction, help others, and and it's done that, and and we're really proud of, of what it's become. Awesome. I know I was an original Kickstarter backer and I've had one for uh, for a long time and I absolutely love it. I've given several away as as Christmas gifts and everybody's blown away by the the quality of the <laughs> the Essington timer. Now I know you mentioned uh, on on the website and then also a little bit just now kind of the the reason behind you launching this was a little bit of solving a personal problem, it sounds like. Uh, do you mind elaborating just a little bit on like what inspired you to launch the Essington Timer? Sure. It, it definitely was a personal issue. I knew I had some potential uh, in my school days. Uh, you know, I, I would get good test grades occasionally, but uh, uh, I was pretty much what you would call an underachiever or a slacker. That theme pretty much continued uh, into my adulthood, and I, I got... Uh, just a, a standard, you know, systems admin sort of job where I would be given tickets or things to accomplish and, and I would just do them and go home and, and watch TV and, you know, just kind of waste my time when I wasn't working. And, and I, I wasn't looking forward to, to going to work, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Then about five years ago, my son was born and uh, that was a kind of a turning point in my life. Uh, I resolved to to give him an example to live up to. Um, I, I'm not sure why, but uh, I think a lot of new dads kind of go through this uh, this thing where something clicks and, and they want to become better. So he was my motivation, my son. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, and I just kind of I knew that I wanted to change and and become you know somebody that he could look up to in the future, but I didn't really know what to do. Um, so I just started reading things um, and asking you know people that I respected uh, how basically I could become better. It's a it's kind of a nebulous uh, question, but eventually I, I came across a book called uh, The Power of Habit, um, and I had always. Uh, I'd always thought habits were were kind of like a second-rate way to get things done. But uh, after reading the book, I, I, I changed my mind. And um, it's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I, I highly recommend it. In this book, he talks about developing a keystone habit, which is something that I try to do. Uh, keystone habits can be different for different people, but the, the basic idea is that it's something that you do that kind of has a cascade effect uh, and... Uh, and kind of changes your life in, in a subtle way. Um, it could be running every day, or it could be um, eating right, or, or something like this that kind of improves your life uh, as a kind of like a spark. So I tried a bunch of different things, including running every day and eating right. Um, but uh, yeah, I couldn't quite find it. And uh, eventually, I came across the, the Pomodoro method. Um, and that really intrigued me. I, I got a little uh, tomato timer and, and, and gave it a shot. But it didn't really work out. I, I was able to do it for, for a few days, but you know, it takes, it takes weeks for, for habits to form. So I knew something wasn't quite right. I did some research, and, and I found out that I, I really liked how productive I was with the Pomodoro method, but um, it, it, was, it was kind of too difficult to, to get it to stick. So I found out that the activation energy was really the problem. Um, so I tried my own timers, and um, eventually this gave me the idea for making the Essington glass, which is, you know, it's a, it's a sand timer that, uh, that feels nice, looks nice, and, and, and makes a little sound, so it has uh, all the cues that you need to get the habit started, and uh, for me, it, it worked beautifully. Like, I developed the habit right away and, uh, and became instantly much more productive. Awesome. So the Essington timer is kind of like Pomodoro 2.0, which we'll we'll get into in a, a little bit here. But for people who aren't familiar with the Pomodoro timer, maybe let's back up a little bit and just sure. kind of explain uh, how this works. So the, uh, the the core idea that the Pomodoro method is based on, if you dig even deeper, is this whole idea of, of time boxing, where you're putting a fixed time period for each planned activity that you're going to do. And essentially, you're taking a task, assigning a fixed period of time for its completion, and doing this has a bunch of benefits. It increases your motivation. It increases your focus. You can overcome procrastination much easier. You have an increased awareness of your time. You avoid burnout. But the most popular version of this probably is, like you said, the the Pomodoro method. So do you mind just kind of unpacking a little bit for people who have never heard of the Pomodoro method? What is the Pomodoro method, and how would you implement it? Sure. So Pomodoro method, you basically, you choose a task, you get a, a timer, which I think the most popular Pomodoro timer is, uh, is the little tomato, which is basically just like a, a 25 minute timer that dings uh, at the end. Um, so like you said, it's time boxing. So you, you basically set the timer for 25 minutes and uh, you work on whatever task it is that you want to accomplish until the timer goes off uh, and you quit. Um, regardless of where you are in the task or, uh, you know, or how far you've gotten. Um, and the idea is that you convince your brain that you only have to do this for a few minutes. Let's just like get as much done as you can. 
uh, and you become very productive in that amount of time by, by shortening the amount of time that you have to actually work on something. So you take a short break after 25 minutes and then you do it again. And I think after every four periods, you take a longer break. So it, it helps keep you focused and it, it helps keep you helps to keep you from burning out too, because what we tend to do is if we do get motivated, we work on something for an hour or two and then we like get burned out. We don't want to do it anymore. Uh, Pomodoro tries to solve that by, by breaking up your, your work into smaller bite-sized pieces. Yeah, like you said, the, the activation energy that's required to do a, a Pomodoro, quote-unquote, or a small time block of 25 minutes on a task is a lot less than saying, I'm going to write this entire article or whatever exactly. task you need to be working on. You can say, well, I'm just going to do this for X amount of time, and at, after right. 25 minutes, then I can be done. At least I've got that, that part done. So we, we're big fans of the Pomodoro method here at uh, Asian Efficiency. We've even got shirts with the, the Pomodoro timer on them that say respect the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, the, the Pomodoro technique is developed by Francesco Cirillo, I believe, in the 1980s. And the story goes anyways that it's named the Pomodoro method because he uh, Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. And he mm-hmm. used one of those tomato kitchen timers when he was a university student and, and trying to, to get his, his work done. <laughs> So I uh, love the Pomodoro method, but there's a couple of things that can take it to the next level, which you've implemented in the Essington method, which I really like. So the Pomodoro method is great just from a time boxing standpoint, because you can focus on, I'm going to do this one thing for 25 right. minutes. But what I really like about this Essington method here is that uh, you've got a couple different uh, cues that you can use to, like you said, create this habit, which is really the powerful part. Uh, it's the, the, the benefit does not come from doing a single Pomodoro. The benefit comes from establishing the habit of working this way. And then if you can do this consistently, then you can get a lot of work done. Exactly. That, I mean, that's the key, getting, getting it to stick as a habit. Um, it sounds great. And, and I really do like the Pomodoro method. But uh, I don't know if you've tried to, to teach it to others. Uh, it, it very rarely will actually stick because... It's, it's really difficult to, to get somebody to you know, pay attention to turning the timer and uh, getting yelled at by it at the end and, and all that. So my method, the Essington method, was to try and minimize the distractions and to focus on establishing the habit as quickly as possible um, so that more people would actually use it. Uh, so yeah, the Essington method, it, it focuses on, on a few things. One is... First of all, to, to remove all distractions from your environment, you know, your cell phone ringing or, or people coming to, to knock on your door or uh, getting phone calls or Facebook messages, like just turning all that off so that you can focus. Um, when we get distracted, it, it's much more difficult to establish a habit because uh, your, your brain is thinking about the wrong thing. The glass itself has a few properties that actually help you establish the habit as well. Just uh, actually touching a smooth glass surface, listening to the sound that it makes, um, and just seeing the glass in your environment uh, as, as like a beautiful piece of art. Um, they all help kind of cement that habit into place quickly. These sort of like uh, details matter a lot when you're, when you're trying to establish something like a habit. Because if you think about habits that you've tried to make in the past, it's always some little small tweak that makes the, the world of difference. 
Um, and for me, I couldn't personally get the Pomodoro method going. And I, and I wondered a lot why, because it did make me much more productive. Um, so that's how I came up with the, the Essington method is to try and lower that activation energy and uh, increase the number of cues in, in your environment to, to make it stick. So uh, there's one more thing that I, uh, that I think is important about the Essington method that's different from Pomodoro. And that's when your time runs out, the Pomodoro will give you a bell sound or some beep or something, depending on what kind of timer you use, to signal that it's time to finish. But sometimes we are engrossed in what we're doing, and that can be very jarring. Um, and it can be, it can it can hurt your energy levels, and it obviously like ruins your train of thought. So the Essington method softly ends your session by simply just running out of out of sand, right? So sometimes if you're if you're really deep into something or you're doing some more mundane tasks that don't take as much energy, you may lose track of time a little bit. Um, but I found out that for me that's okay. And, and I know to look up occasionally to see that, see that my time is up. So yeah, I think Pomodoro 2.0 is, is kind of a good way to look at it. For me, it's, it's done wonders. So you know, I, I hope that uh, other people can give it a try too. Yeah, you brought up the soft stop, which I definitely want to talk a little bit more about because I've, this is one of the things that I love about the Essington Timer as well. Uh, is you've got the three cues, which we'll back up and we'll talk about those in, in a little bit. But like you said, there's no annoying bells or beeps or yeah. something that's going to go off to signal the end of your cycle. So a lot of times what I will do is if I'm procrastinating on a task, uh, I will just turn over the Essington timer and that's my signal to start. And then exactly. I'll work on it for an hour, two hours, whatever. I'll get it done and I won't even notice that the timer right. has stopped. And that's okay as long as you are not trying to follow the Pomodoro method according to the letter of the law where I'm going to work for exactly 25 minutes and I'm going to take exactly a five minutes, five minute break and I'm going to do it again. You know, with the Essington timer, at least for me, you don't end up tracking necessarily the number of Pomodoros that you've done. You kind of use it as, like you said, activation to mm -hmm. make progress on the task itself. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, just the fact of turning over the glass can, can put your brain into that mode, um, especially after you've done it, uh, you know, for a week or two. Uh, you kind of program yourself into this like hyper focus mode where you touch the glass and and already you're you're like thinking about your task. Your, your brain just goes there because that's kind of how you program it over time. Yeah, absolutely. And the 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 three different uh, cues, which let's back up and let's talk about these a little bit. You kind of touched on them, but I think it's worth calling these out. So sure. you've got the the tactile cue, which you mentioned, which is actually flipping over the glass itself, which is really nicely designed and it feels very much like a uh, a very expensive, very fancy piece of productivity <laughs> equipment, <Yeah. laughs> uh, even if it's not outrageously expensive. And we're actually going to have a, a, a link in the show notes for people who want to purchase this and even a discount code uh, in the dojo for people who want to save, uh, I believe, 20% on these. Yeah, uh, right. But that, that tactile feel, that's, that's important. Uh, Tan, the founder of Asian Efficiency, has been preaching for a long time this whole idea of minimalist luxury lifestyle, where it's you don't have a bunch of things, but the things you have are of good quality. And I think the Essington Timer definitely falls into that category. But there's two other things here as well. There's the visual piece, which you don't typically get with a Pomodoro Timer, at least the tomato timers that you would turn. I mean, just glancing at that, unless it's right in front of your face, 
Uh, you're not going to be able to see how much time is left, but you can kind of generally see the the sand that falls through the, and it's not, I know it's not uh, specifically sand. We can get into the specifics of that in a little bit, but you can kind of see that level going down. And then also there's a, an audio or an oral cue as well. Uh, these aren't sand, like I mentioned, these are steel nanospheres. I'd like to get you to explain what a steel nanosphere is and, and why this is uh, of benefit over traditional sand. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll back up real quick and, and go over the, the different cues, uh, if that's okay. The tactile cue, I think it's really important. When you when you touch something like a, a standard plastic timer or something, uh, it's, not, it's not pleasant. Uh, you may not, you know, uh, consciously think, oh, this is nice to touch or not. But uh, in general, we don't really like touching cheap plastic stuff. So there's kind of a, a slight aversion there. Uh, like you said, with the glass, it's a, it's a you know, we, we try to make it a high quality piece of, of hand blown glass that has like subtle ridges in it. It's really smooth. It's something that you want to hold in your hand. It, just, it feels, feels good. So you're, you're kind of encouraged to interact with it. Visually, I think it has a really nice shape. Um, most people seem to agree that it, that it looks nice. Uh, you know, it's kind of a modern sort of take on a sand timer. It's not your your typical like 1800 sea captain sand timer or something like that. Uh, it looks, you know, more modern, kind of a singular piece of, of glass. The oral point, we, used, we actually used to use the steel nanospheres. We switched away from it uh, recently because, uh, because we had some issues with it getting clogged or or uh, or not flowing smoothly, but uh, we found that the the sound of actually the the sand just regular sand and putting it turning it over on your desk is enough of an audio cue um, in our tests to to kind of get that that program into your head uh, to you know this is this is when it's work time this is when it's time to focus. Gotcha. Okay, because I remember when you did the the Kickstarter. That was a big emphasis was on those steel nanospheres because you had different versions of them. Some of them were really loud. Some of them were right. fairly quiet. <laughs> and, and it didn't really seem to make a difference. Um, so we, yeah, we tried to up our, you know, quality and consistency by, by using regular sand instead of going with the nanospheres. The nanospheres were fun, um, but yeah, it didn't really help with the, with the functionality of the glass itself. Gotcha. And the combination of these cues is really the, the key. It's not any one of these that's better per se, it's when they're all used together that it lowers right. the activation energy, which is required, like you said, to form the habit, which is really the key. Now you have a statistic on your website, which I love that you found a number to associate with this. Everybody kind of knows that most New Year's resolutions don't stick, but you have on your, your website, high activation energy is the prime reason habits don't stick and why only 8% of people are successful yeah. in achieving the New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it didn't surprise me when I found that statistic. But uh, yeah, it is, it's sobering to think like, you know, only one in 12 of your, of your goals are actually going to be achieved. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to, to think about. Um, now, all of these things working together to get you into... Hyperfocus is the term that, that you used. I think you could also uh, call this this flow. Do you want to kind of yeah. explain why this works? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, this, this is the same uh, idea of with Pomodoro, but uh, with Essington, I think it happens a little little more easily because, like I said before, you are sim you are programming yourself to essentially be productive, right? So these these cues active activated over time. 
kind of train your brain, okay, now it's time to focus. So you kind of get switched into this, this flow mode, as you call it. So I, I noticed this pretty early on after, after just doing it for a week or so that, uh, you know, my time would be up and I would wonder where, where did my time go? Like I just started, but I would see pages and pages of, of text that I had written. It, it's kind of like you, you disappear into your work um, and emerge 25 or 30 minutes later. It's a very mm, comforting sort of feeling. Yeah, and the whole idea of flow is is big in the, the productivity space. It's something that I've been studying personally recently. I've been going through the book Flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, which uh, yes. uh, he wrote that, I think, in like the 80s. Uh, but more recently, I guess the the landmark book on the topic would kind of be Deep Work by Cal Newport. He references a lot of the, the research that Mihaly had, had done. Uh, I do believe, though, that there is something to the fact that you've got all three of these cues working together, that uh, whether you are looking at your timer, whether you are just working and you can hear the timer, uh, you can hear the, in my case, the, the steel nanospheres, if you've got a new one, maybe it's the sand, uh, but you can hear the, the you can actually hear the, the white noise in the background. I, I think that that's really powerful in training your brain to switch over into that mode where you are going to be in flow, or you're going to do that deep work. Cal Newport uh, talks a lot about how the way to get good at doing deep work is to do it as much as you can. And the more that you mm -hmm. do it, the, the easier it gets, the less the activation energy is required to get into that state. Uh, and right. I think that having an, an the Essington method kind of hits the nail on the head in terms of activating that, where just the fact that I've physically picked up the glass, turned it over, I can see the beads starting to go down, and I can hear it in, in the back of my head, it really does uh, it really does help me transition into that that mental state. Yeah, in deep work, I believe he also talks about different areas, like working in different places for different types of work being effective. So if you're going to study chemistry, go to one room. If you're going to study physics, go to another room. And it's kind of the same sort of method where you have this environment that is for a certain purpose. So turning over the glass is for this purpose of being productive, right? So you, you do get into that mode and it becomes easier each time uh, because that's what your brain associates with, with turning over the glass and getting the cues. Um, it's just like Okay, I always go to my study to you know study French. When you walk into the the study, you know French become gets on your mind. So when you turn over the glass, productivity is on your mind. That that's what you program your brain to do. So it be, like you said, it does become easier and easier to get into that flow state. And what's cool about that is that you don't need to have a separate physical space in order exactly. to quote unquote be in productive mode now. Uh, you've literally just got to turn over this timer, which, you know, I've got one sitting on my, my desk. I don't have the exact dimensions. Uh, how, how big is it? Uh, I think, if I remember right, it's about 14 centimeters high uh, and 12 centimeters or 10 centimeters wide. So four and a half, five inches tall. Yeah, it's not real big. You can literally put it put it anywhere, even if your yeah. space is, is at, a, at a premium. And uh you mentioned on the, the website that it gives you the ability to destroy procrastination with the simple action of turning over the glass. And I, I love that. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just keeping it in your line of sight, uh, in your, in your, you know, unconscious mind, you're, you're, you're in this productive environment, right? Just by it being there and you associating it with that productivity. Nice. So 
I, I know you've you've got we've got a few more things to discuss here in terms of the uh, the, the how it actually works, um, but I'm I'm curious uh, when you did the the Kickstarter, what was the most difficult part of that experience? I mean, you were successful in the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. um, but what did that that process look like for you? What was the, maybe the biggest lesson you learned from that? Oh, I learned so much. Um, you know, when I when I first set up the Kickstarter, I expected maybe twenty or thirty people would be interested, um, and and I would be happy with that. Uh, we had we had over two thousand, I think, two thousand two hundred backers, which just blew my mind. I, I didn't even know where to begin to to comprehend that so many people would be interested in in the glass. So the biggest learning I think was how to get a product into people's hands, so many products into people's hands, because I'd never done anything like that before. This was all new to me, setting up, you know, setting up a business and like figuring out how to ship fragile things to people um, was all a huge learning experience. And uh, I'm grateful that I, that I got a chance to go through that. Uh, and, and I learned so much in such a short amount of time. It, it was definitely challenging. The, uh, the first shipment went out great. Um, and then we tried to get some experts to help with the second, and and that complicated things. But uh, but yeah, since then well, we've gotten pretty good at at figuring out how to get glasses to people safely. <laughs> nice. The glass it, itself. Going back to this for a second here, uh, you mentioned that on the website, anyways. Uh, I I don't know if you mentioned it here in the this episode, but it's worth pointing out that these are hand blown from a single piece of glass. You want to mm-hmm. explain why that would be why that's a big deal? I guess. I mean, uh, if anybody's ever watched or or even attempted hand blowing glass, like it, it's uh, is really hard to to hold a piece of molten glass. And, and blow into it just the right amount to create something like this. Uh, I've watched it done in person, and uh, I, I'm just amazed. Like I, I, I still don't understand how they do it. Uh, it's, it's an impressive process. But you know, each piece is hand blown and uh, hand crafted. Uh, so you know, there's slight variations. Every every glass is, is unique. Um, and one thing we've learned is over the years is to focus on the, the QA, the quality assurance process, so that you know each glass times correctly and uh, and works correctly and, and is robust. So we've gotten pretty good at that over the years too. Awesome. I guess I never really realized, but that makes sense that every single glass would be uh, be unique. Um, do you mm-hmm. have any idea how many roughly you've you've sold? How many people you've helped overcome procrastination? <laughs> I think we've probably sold over ten thousand glasses, and that's that's probably an underestimate. Um, it's probably closer to fifteen thousand over the years. Probably, uh, probably nearly that many people. At least ten thousand people have been have been uh, introduced to the Essington method through this glass. Cool. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to call out from either the Essington method or something you wanted to point out about the the glass itself? No, I think you did a really good job uh, covering all the aspects. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just uh, really grateful that uh, you know people identify with uh, with the Essington method, and and uh, I, I've heard a lot of great stories about people overcoming procrastination in a similar way uh, that I did. So, yeah, just happy that I can get the word out. Do you have any stories that you'd like to share from people who have used the Essington timer or the Essington method and, you know, kind of their 
journey and how they overcame procrastination using it? There are, there are a couple stories that stick out in my mind. Um, one is from an individual who suffered from ADHD um, and just you know had a really hard time focusing on a task. And he was able to get very productive and, and overcome that you know, disability with, with the Essington glasses. And that, that really, that really affected me. I, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about ADHD as, as being something that the Essington glass could help with, but, but, um, yeah, it, it, I've heard from several people since then that have, that have been helped, uh, that suffer from ADHD. Another example that sticks out is, uh, is an elementary school teacher who introduced the Essington method and Essington glass, uh, to her classroom. Um, and, you know, gave me updates about how it's helping the kids. And some of the kids there, one or two of them had ADHD and, or ADD, and uh, it, it helped them out. So, yeah, I, I'm, like I said, I'm really grateful that I can get the word out and, and get people doing this and, and being, leading more productive lives and, and just being more productive in general. Awesome. So what was the, the thought process, I guess? You know, you, you mentioned that you, uh, you, you had your own battle with procrastination and you came up with the Essington method and the Essington glasses a way to overcome that. Like what was the point, I guess, when you realized that this might work for other people and you uh, worked up enough courage to, to launch a Kickstarter campaign? Well, you know, at first, uh, when I was first getting introduced to the Pomodoro method, I, I knew I, I knew I became much more productive. Uh, but it was so frustrating to like not be able to do it consistently um, because I had, you know, I had experienced that so many other times in my life uh, being a serial procrastinator. And then uh, I, yeah, I just decided to try and attack it after reading the Charles Duhigg book, the, the Power of Habit, step by step to try and lower the activation energy as much as I could. Uh, and then I, yeah, I ordered, I, I made a prototype of the first glass. Uh, after you know, writing out all my ideas about how I could lower activation energy and creating cues, and yeah, I I fell in love with it. Uh, after after a week or so, I had the habit firmly established, and I really, I really became a new person. Um, I just became hyper productive, and I thought, well, I need to think about like what to do with this new superpower, and you know, I I, I really think it could help other people too. So. I, I had just heard about this new crowdfunding thing, and, and yeah, just decided to give it a try. I'm, I, naturally, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that uh, uh, I, you know I'm, I'm pretty shy. I don't really like to show my face or, or <laughs> be in front of a crowd. But uh, I felt that it was important enough to uh, to associate myself with it. So I, I recorded myself talking about how it changed and changed my life and helped me out and. Uh, yeah, like I said, the the feedback and the support was was way way beyond anything I expected. Awesome. So what's what's next for the Essington company? I guess I I looked on your website. You've got some some notebooks. It looks like and and things like that. So you're looking at other ways to impact the analog productivity space. It looks like. Yes, uh, that's our space. You know, there is something there's something cooking that we've been working on for. For six months or so, uh, there are some people for whom the, the Essington method is still a difficult task to get cemented into a habit. So we've been trying to work on that by introducing an even easier to get into, even a lower activation energy. Uh, and it's 
kind of more of a of a training kit, but uh, it's that's yet to come. It's still in development. We're we're hoping to to have something out in, in a couple months. So it's it's kind of under wraps for now. But but yeah, the the idea would be for those who are uh, who have struggle with you know more severe ADHD or younger children um, that want to get started in, in, in this sort of thing. Uh, we're, we're trying to develop a program for them. Awesome. Well, other than the, uh, the website, I guess, where people can go to uh, get their own Essington timer. And as I mentioned, we'll have links to everything in the show notes, including the, uh, the discount code, which will be exclusive for Dojo members. But where else can people go to connect with you, Rudy, and find out more about what you're doing? You know, like you said, the, the website is, is a good place, Essington.com. We we're on Kickstarter. Uh, if you go to Kickstarter, you can you can find out how we're interacting with the Kickstarter crowd there. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Essington or or Rudy Marsh at Rudy Marsh is me uh, directly. And yeah, th- that's uh, those are the main ways. Great. Well, thanks so much for being on uh, the Productivity Show today. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. If you're looking to make the Pomodoro Method work for yourself, then check out the Essington Method. The additional cues really do make it easier to enter into a state of flow and create a productivity habit. Essington makes some of the best analog productivity tools that I've ever seen. And as we mentioned in this episode, there's actually a special 20% discount on the Essington glass inside the dojo. In addition to the Essington Timer, the dojo also offers discounts on several of our favorite productivity apps, as well as access to a comprehensive video training library and a community of like-minded achievers who can help you turn knowledge into action. Now, here's the best part. You can get access to the entire dojo, the community, the video training library, and the discounts for only $1 for your first month. But this offer is just for podcast listeners, so if you want to take advantage of this special offer, you have to go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. You'll also get access to the live podcast recordings and direct access to myself, Brooks, Tan, and the rest of the Asian Efficiency team. But that special $1 for your first month offer is only available at theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. You can also find links to everything that we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 188. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast, as it really helps us out and helps other people find out about the show. The show is on Twitter as at ProductivityFM, and if you want to get your questions answered and get mentioned on the show, you can send us a tweet with the hashtag AskTPS. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday.